Today on Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Ballmer, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne in Melbourne, Florida. Now the reason I'm going to be judged is not because of my sins, because my sins have already been taken care of on the cross of Calvary. But here's what I'm going to be judged at. You can look it up in 1 Corinthians 3 if you'd like to later. Here's what you're going to be judged for. All the talents, all the time, all the energy, all the gifts that God has given you to share his gospel, to help in the nursery, to be a good person at work, to lead people to Jesus Christ, to do all of the, all the good things, all of those talents that God's given you, he's going to say to you, how did you do? Most of us suffer from some form of procrastination. Whether it's regarding our jobs or school or things around the house, everyone has something they put off, usually because it's unpleasant or difficult. Or perhaps it's because you have the wrong perspective. People put off accepting the Lord for similar reasons. Serving Him requires dedication, a life change, a new heart. This isn't easy to achieve, which is why He has to work in us. But we all have to make the decision to take action. If you think that giving your life to Jesus will take the fun out of it, you have the wrong perspective. Giving your life to Him will keep you from losing it. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now let's join Pastor Mark in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 13, verse 14, for part one of our message entitled, God's Timetable for the Future. Not too long ago, I came across the story of a, a man that wasn't too bright. Some of us can resemble that. He walked by a travel agency and he saw in the window a sign that said this, Cruise, $100 cash. How many would like to have that sign? You know, well, this isn't too bad, 100 bucks, I can do that. So he walks into the travel agent and he's handing the 20s over and he gets to 60 and 80 and as he hands the, the last 20 over, which is $100, the travel agent hits him on the head and knocks him out cold. A few hours later, he finds himself in a barrel and he's going down the Mississippi River. As he's in this barrel floating down the river, he notices next to him another man is in a different current and he's floating right beside him in another barrel. And this man yells out and he says this, Do you know if they serve any meals on this cruise? And the first man responds, I don't think so. Last year they didn't. <laughs> now it's okay to have information, but you need to do something with the information. We're going to give you lots of information this morning. And what you do with it don't be like an idiot going down the Mississippi again. Learn what we talk about. We're talking about end time events. So some of you here, when we mention some of these terms, are going to say, I don't have a clue of what you're talking about. Good. You'll learn this morning. Others of you, it's kind of old hat, but there'll be new things for you to just rehash and to learn again. Let's take a look at verse 14 of Mark 13. Jesus said this, when you see the abomination that causes desolation, 
standing where it does not belong, let the reader understand. That's you and I this morning. Let the reader understand. And let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. That's a really strange verse. And to get the first part, it's really strange because Jesus, he said to his disciples as the disciples were overlooking the temple, Jesus says that temple is going to be destroyed. There isn't going to be one stone laying on another stone. So when Jesus made this prediction, the disciples came to Jesus and they said, well, when will the temple of the destruction be? What's the timing? And also, Jesus, you talked about the end of the world. What are the signs that the end of the world are coming? Now, Jesus doesn't give any clue as to when the temple is going to be destroyed. But he jumps immediately far into the future. In fact, it's the future for us this morning. And he shows them in verse 14 an interesting time. And he mentions in there a term that says this, abomination that causes desolation. What that means, it came out of the book of Daniel. Just write Daniel 9.27. We'll turn there in a little while. We're not going to go there yet. It comes, Jesus says, from a prophecy that Daniel made, which says this, that God's temple will be desecrated. The temple in Jerusalem will be desecrated. Now, when the Jews thought of desecration, they thought of paganism. And so what Jesus is saying is, is there's going to be a pagan idolater that's going to come into the temple. Now, the temple's hard for you and I to comprehend because we don't really worship in a temple. We just worship in this building. We know that in the New Testament, we are the temple of God. Well, let's just take a picture this morning, go back to the temple times. If you would have walked into the temple today to worship God, on the Sabbath in those days, if you were a convert, a Gentile, to Judaism, you would have to stop at the court of the Gentiles, as far as you could go, and you would offer your sacrifices. The next court was the court of the ladies. Ladies, you wouldn't be sitting with the men. You would be in your place, in that place in those days. Then you'd come to the men when they could worship, and then we'd have this big curtain right here, and behind this curtain would be the Holy of Holies. And this would be where once a year the high priest would go and he would offer the sacrifices for all of us, for our sins, on the Day of Atonement, once a year. Now, the temple of God was a very holy place. It represented God's presence. And we take the presence of God too lightly today. In those days, when the priest would go in, the high priest on that day, they would tie around his leg a cord with a bell. Because when he went into the Holy of Holies, if he hadn't offered his own sacrifices correctly, if he had sin in his heart, God would kill him in the Holy of Holies. So when they stopped hearing the bell ring, they would start pulling the cord. Dangerous job. So they took this very seriously. So what Jesus says is there's going to be a desecration of this holy of holies. Somewhere in this temple area, there's going to be pagan idolatry. It's going to be an abomination to God because of the holiness that's supposed to be required there. Well, this fulfillment of this prophecy 
is in three separate stages. And let's go through them this morning. The first time that this prophecy is fulfilled is in the year of 168 BC by Epiphanes. He came into the temple of God back in those days, and he offered a sacrifice on the temple grounds to the pagan god Zeus. Not God, but to Zeus. And here was his sacrifice, a pig, which is an unclean animal for a Jew. Assuming the greatest abomination that he could call it, he did. Slit the pig, sacrificed the pig, took the blood, and put it around the Holy of Holies. Desecrated. That was the first. This was history. The Jews knew it. Jesus knew it. The disciples knew it as, they, as Jesus taught this. The second fulfillment of this prophecy would come in the year 70 A.D. Where we're reading this morning is around 32 A.D. And Jesus said there's going to be another time. And this is when, in the year 70 A.D., and this is historical, you can prove it by history, Rome came in with Titus, and he came in and he destroyed Jerusalem. They turned over every stone because the gold was on it. This desecrated the holies of holy. There was just nothing left. It was just totally wiped out. Now, you'll see in a moment, well, actually toward the end of our teaching today, Jesus says, when you see these happen, things happen, flee. Well, in 70 AD, the Jews began to see this temple being destroyed and, and just brought down to ground level, and they did flee. They moved to a place called Pella. We know that historically, which was in the trans... Jordanian mountain area, and there they were protected by God. So that's the first fulfillment. That's the second fulfillment. There's a third fulfillment, and this happens during a time called the Tribulation. It is a seven-year period of time which is very different than you and I really, if you've not been around Bible much or history much, it's very difficult for you to understand it, but we'll try to make it simple for you today. Keep your finger there in the book of Mark and turn back to the book of Daniel. Just a few ways back into the Old Testament, just before the New Testament. The book of Daniel, chapter 9, verse 27. Because what Jesus is giving us comes from Daniel. Now, Daniel 9, 27 is kind of the same kind of prophecy that you just heard from Jesus in Mark 13, 15. But let's look at it. Jesus, Daniel says this. He... Speaking of somebody we'll talk about this morning, will confirm a covenant with many for one seven or a seven year period. In the middle of the seven, he will put an end to sacrifice and offering. And on a wing of the temple, he will set up an abomination that causes desolation. There's that term again. Until the end. Until the end until the end that is decreed is poured out on him. So Daniel says there's coming a seven-year period of time. When we go through Daniel, we'll talk more about the 70 weeks and 490 years, and we'll, we'll go all through that for you. But just what Jesus is talking about here is there's coming a time in history, an actual time, a seven-year period of time, where all of these things that he's going to talk about are coming. Jesus, in Mark 13 drops us right in here in the middle of the tribulation, three and a half years in, right in the middle. It would be like this. You go home after the service today, but before you go home, you go out to lunch. And you get back about 
2.30 or 3 o'clock and you, and you pop on the TV and whatever football game you're watching, it tells you the halftime score. And you go, well, great, what happened to the first half? I mean, I'm in the middle. I'd like to know what happened to the first half. Who's playing? Who, who made the touchdowns? What happened? You're going to have to wait till the USA out comes out tomorrow and pick up a few things. So what Jesus does, if you look at that, he drops us this morning, boom, right in the middle of the tribulation period. So people say, well, how did we get there? Is there a video we can see of how we got to this period of time? And what's going to happen before it? Well, we see something that's going to happen before it. It's called the rapture. And then before that, you see something called the church. So what we're going to do today is we're going to rewind the tape. We're going to go back and we're going to take you from when the church started right up to where Jesus talks to us today in the middle of the tribulation period. So let's go back to some place we all know. And it's a cross. Familiar with that? Okay, it's the cross of Jesus Christ. Right after the resurrection of Jesus Christ, we go to the book of Acts, and that's where the church age begins. We are in the church age today. We're under grace. We're not under law. We're in this dispensation of the church. The Bible calls it another thing, the time of the Gentiles. So we're right here in the middle of that time, or not in the middle, we're right near the end of that time. Then there's something called the rapture that's going to come. And after the rapture is something called the tribulation. Let's talk a little bit about the rapture. Take your finger now and flip it over to 1 Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians, almost to the end of the New Testament. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 16 and 17. Now when you write the word rapture behind it, here's how you define it. God's grace. God's Grace. First Thessalonians chapter four, verse sixteen and seventeen. Let's read it. For the Lord Himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Here's the part I like. And so we will be with the Lord forever. You won't find the word rapture in the Bible. But you look at verse 17... And you'll see a term there that says caught up. This actually comes from the Latin word when the Bible was translated from the Vulgate called raptus, which means snatched away or caught up. So Paul is talking about a time in history that is yet to come, hasn't happened yet, that two things are going to happen. At the rapture, the first thing that's going to happen is the dead in Christ. Those who, believers, New Testament believers, since the church age began, who have died, they will be resurrected to meet Christ in the air. You know from previous study that when you die as a believer, your spirit immediately goes to heaven. On this day, whenever the rapture happens, your earthly body will meet your spirit and you will be given a new body. Would you rather have a new body than your old earthly body? 
Amen. A little musty smelling. Down into the water, some of the people through the wars, pieces blown all over, and people say, well, how can God do that? You think it's a problem for God? Not a chance. So the first thing that happens, when the rapture happens, notice one thing. Jesus is going to come down in the air. He is not coming to the earth. He comes in the air. He calls the dead in Christ first. So every person who has a relative that knew Jesus Christ is truly a born-again Christian and was living during this church age that we're talking about here, became a Christian, they're already in heaven, but their earthly body will come and we'll meet them in the air and instantly it will be changed and they'll have a new heavenly body fit. Now what's the second thing the scripture says is going to happen? Take a look at the verse. Not only will the dead in Christ rise, but who else then will rise? If the rapture happened this afternoon, all of us that are Christians, we will then go and get a new body also. Is that a good deal? That's a great deal. We will also get a new body, and then we will forever be with the Lord. When we go after, after the first and second are gone, we're in the rapture, there's a period of time that's going to start called the tribulation. But before that happens, in heaven, somewhere during that time, all of us as believers are going to be judged. Now, the reason I'm going to be judged is not because of my sins, because my sins have already been taken care of on the cross of Calvary. But here's what I'm going to be judged at. You can look it up in 1 Corinthians 3 if you'd like to later. Here's what you're going to be judged for. All the talents, all the time, all the energy, all the gifts that God has given you to share his gospel, to help in the nursery, to be a good person at work, to lead people to Jesus Christ, to do all of the, all the good things, all of those talents that God's given you, he's going to say to you, how did you do? Did you put them into effect? Were you really effective raising your family for Jesus Christ? Did you really put the effort there? For me, as a family man, he's going to do the same thing. As a pastor, my gift teaching, did you spend time? Did you pray with me? Did you do, did you do it for the right motives? I'm going to be judged for that. Now, the scripture tells us some people will be in heaven, but have zero, any kind of benefits as far as wonderful rewards. They will have no rewards. Now, I don't understand how that's going to be because the Bible also says there's no tears in heaven. So how we can be there and know that we're not, I don't know how that's going to be, but I just trust the Bible. Others will be given rewards based on their works. It has nothing to do with salvation. It has to do with after you come to Jesus Christ. Now, during this time of the rapture, and when this happens, it's going to happen like this. The rapture is going to happen in a twinkling of an eye. Now, see, some of you are going to say this. Well, when it happens, I'm going to say to God, time, let me get ready. Too late. You can't get ready. There's no time to get ready. It will happen instantaneously, and it will be over. Now, is that going to be a great time or what? Well, three of you are going, I guess. The... <laughs> I'll tell you what, you don't want to be here. We're going to go, you're going to see what the rest of it is this morning. Is that a great time or what? Yeah. It is. God, they said amen. I'm trying the best I can do. Let's go back to this uh, overview of the time. When we talk about this, there's certainly even people here in the, in the scripture, in the body this morning. When we talk about this sequence, the rapture coming before the tribulation, we call that the pre-tribulation view of end time things. Pre-before the tribulation. There are wonderful Christians in the world today that have differing views. Actually, there's about five different views between there 
in the second coming. Then there's a few views, amillennialism and other views on that. Here's what I want to say. We're not here to argue. I believe, and I believe the Bible is very specific, and many, 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 I can give you 30 or more reasons why I believe that. I'm not going to do that this morning. Maybe we'll do that when we go through Daniel or whatever. But I believe in the pre-trib. I believe that's what's going to happen. Now, don't be argumentative with other people. They may have their own idea. There are some people that believe that at the middle of the tribulation, Jesus is going to come and take us out of here. Some people believe in the middle of the middle of the tribulation, God's going to come. Some people believe he's going to come at the end. There's a lot of different feelings. Just don't make it an argument point. Do you know today churches split over this? And while we're arguing about all this, the world is going to hell, but we're going to prove our point. Don't be that way. Just join us at the right point. It's pre-trib. The rest can be wrong. That's all right. When the rapture occurs, they'll join us. They'll just say it's too soon, but that's all right. Okay, so do you understand that? Don't get divisive. Don't get sidetracked. Just be right. All right, now. When will the rapture happen? Here's something you need to know. There are no signs for the rapture. There are no biblical signs for the rapture. Why is that? If you knew a week from Thursday the rapture would occur, how would you live the next week? Any different? Holy, holy. Man, would we live different. So what does God do? He gives you no time. Why? So that you will always be what? Ready. Pretty smart God, isn't he? How does he know us so well? He knows us. So there are no signs at all for the rapture. So there isn't a time you can look and say, well, I know the rapture is getting close. It's going to happen because of this sign here. No, it isn't. Now, let's talk about the tribulation. Outside the rapture, we said for something to remember is God's grace. The tribulation you want to remember is this. God's wrath. God's wrath. When that rapture occurs... The next seven years are called the tribulation. It's a time when there is going to be tremendous wrath and destruction from God on this earth. If you're a Christian, in this life, if you're a Christian, will you ever be persecuted? Will you ever have trouble? Yes. Where does that persecution and trouble come from? It comes from Satan comes from Satan. God allows it, and it comes from Satan. You see, we, we talk about being persecuted for Jesus, and what we talk about is that somebody made fun of us at work. But this all comes from Satan. There is another time of persecution coming. It's totally different. This comes from God, and it happens during the tribulation time. Persecution and trouble during that time will come from God. So why is that coming? I'd like to talk about the love of God, the grace of God. What is the wrath of God? Today, Pastor Mark gave us a lot of information about the tribulation as it relates to various portions of Scripture. We learned about the rapture of the church and how it would come in a moment with no time to prepare. Believers who died before the tribulation would be resurrected and given new bodies. 
Pastor Mark noted that many people put off preparing their hearts, thinking they'll have time, but now is always the time. Pastor Mark covered quite a bit in today's message. Perhaps you'd like to review. You can listen to today's message again by logging on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Just select today's date from the media player. Or you can also call us toll-free. The number to call is 866-779-3441 to place an order for a CD. Again, that number to call is 866-779-3441. Another way to get in contact with us is by email. The address is info at LessonsForLivingRadio.com. That's info at LessonsForLivingRadio.com. By far, the best way to stay current with everything that you hear on Lessons for Living is to subscribe to the podcast. Subscribing is easy. Just follow the link at LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Now be sure and tune in next time as Pastor Mark continues through this section from the Gospel of Mark, tackling some truths and speculation about the end times, showing us what Scripture says and also the things that are a mystery. In order to prepare us for what's to come, we will hear examples of prophecy fulfilled to show us how God has dealt with immoral nations in the past and the righteous that were caught in the middle of it. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right.